Another business hit with a ransomware attack. Issues with cybersecurity have shut down yet another Midwestern company. The data breaches put the information of millions at risk. Here to give you peace of mind in an industry that moves faster than the speed of light. This is your weekly tech in. Hello world, this is Patrick Souls, the founder of Soltech Solutions, and welcome to the Weekly Tech In Podcast, where we give you peace of mind working with an industry that moves faster than the speed of light. All right, our first segment, I'm going to have to apologize to those of you who use Android phones. Um, we're not going to talk about you for a little bit. We're going to talk about the world of iOS and iPhones. See, it's September and iOS 17 is expected to be released alongside the iPhone 15 uh, here in a few weeks, actually. And so I just want to talk about some of my favorite features that are coming up in iOS 17. Um, if you don't know already, it's kind of a big deal. It's one of the biggest upgrades to iOS um, in recent memory. And uh, well, let's just get right down to it. Um, possibly the coolest thing in iOS 17 is instant transcript for voicemail. If you're the kind of person who um, used to just listen for when the uh, answering machine picked up a call to see who was actually on the other side of the phone and listen to what message they had for you before you would pick it up and say, hey, it's me, I'm actually here. This is for you. This is what that does. Uh, basically, you'll get a call on your phone, you let it go to voicemail, and if you look at your phone while the uh, person is leaving a voicemail, It'll give you a live transcript of everything they're saying, and you'll be able to pick it up in the middle of the voicemail. Super, super cool. Um, it like yeah, it's it's literally that same tech, that same strategy, but for the new age, and I kind of love it. Another cool thing is uh, it's a little superfluous, but I think it looks great. Um, if you loved the lock screens of iOS 15 and 16, the upgrades that uh, Apple did to the to the iPhone lock screen. They're applying a lot of the same design features to uh, what's called contact posters. So basically, if you're on an iPhone and you call another iPhone, um, you'll have your personalized contact poster with your picture and whatever font you want for your name and the colors and all that kind of stuff. That is going to be what shows up on the other person's phone rather than it just being the bland, you know, dimmed screen with the name in white and uh, the number that's calling and that sort of thing. I think that's really neat. And uh, actually uh, applies. And another thing they're adding, which I think has a super fun name, it's called Name Drop, which sounds like, uh, I don't know, like, it kind of sounds like like a fun app or game or something like that. Um, <laughs> but what Name Drop is, is... Uh, if you're familiar with Apple Pay and tapping your phone to a terminal to pay for something, it uses the same technology to instantaneously tra transfer your contact information to someone else's phone. And when you do it, it'll flash that same contact poster and you'll watch the contact poster move from your phone to the other phone. Super easy. No more having to say, hey, I'm going to text you. What's your number? All right, I'm texting you. So you have my number. Uh, everything that's in your contact card, just one tap. Boom. And it's on the other person's phone. Another cool thing. Uh, audio and video messages in FaceTime. Basically, uh, if you treat FaceTime as a calling service, which I know a lot of people do, uh, and you call someone and they don't answer, all it does right now is just leave a missed call. But with iOS 17, after uh, the person doesn't pick up, and you, instead of leaving a missed call, you'll, you can leave a video message that will be waiting for them the next time they check, uh, or an audio message, which is, I think, 
perfect for things like, oh, let me FaceTime this person real quick so that they can see this awesome thing that's happening. And if they miss it, <laughs> well, then they miss it, right? But with this, you'll be able to like actually continue and uh, recording live uh, to save it for a message that'll uh, be waiting for them in FaceTime when they get back. And uh, I don't know, pretty neat. Uh, it's like enhanced voicemail. I guess Apple's enhancing voicemail in a lot of ways recently, but it's like enhanced voicemail for FaceTime and I like it. Okay. If you use airdrop frequently, you were probably disappointed with understandably the, uh, the change made to airdrop in iOS 16. And that was, you couldn't leave it on for everyone. It's actually a security risk to leave it on for everyone. I don't really condone it, but I know a lot of people leave it, left it on for convenience sake. Hey, let me share this with you real quick pull up airdrop or the share card or whatever and send it over um, airdrop is super useful especially if you're in a creative field and you need to send and quickly send files from one device to another uh, wirelessly and not having to bother plugging anything in it can be a little bit more of a hassle if it's a large file and uh, you have to sit there and wait for the phone or ipad or macbook to, to send and then receive that file and if it's several gigabytes it's going to take a little while in iOS 17, you'll have the option to transfer transfer that uh, airdrop to the internet where it will finish over the internet and you can leave. Um, I think that'll probably end up making the overall transfer take a little bit longer because the, the device that is initiating the airdrop will be sending it to the internet instead. And then the device, the device that's receiving the airdrop will be receiving it from the internet instead. Um, so I feel like that takes a little bit extra transfer time, but don't quote me on that. I'm not ex- exactly sure, but it'll be very helpful if you don't have time to sit there and wait for that transfer to complete. Um, and I know a few people who are going to be able to take advantage of that. And then I know probably more people are excited for this than the contact cards or the contact posters. That is uh, improvements to voice dictation and autocorrect. So Apple is playing around with their own little AI LLM which is what uh, chat GPT and those technologies are. Um, they haven't named it like everyone else is naming theirs. I'm pretty sure they're going to incorporate it with Siri, but again, don't quote me on that. I don't actually know for sure, but what they are using it for is improving voice to text or voice dictation and autocorrect. And they're saying it's going to be the smartest ever um, that uh Gone are the days where you get a, an autocorrect that is hilarious, but also absolutely wrong and not at all what you were trying to say. Voice dictation, they're saying um, they've already started adding punctuation to voice dictation, but now they're saying you'll be able to speak at a normal rhythm and normal tone. It'll pick up everything and be able to convey that tone as well. Um, and uh, there'll be less going back to fix some mistakes or uh, things that it misheard, which is really, really cool. They haven't really... Uh, they haven't added many other improvements to voice dictation other than punctuation. Um, and they've improved autocorrect maybe once or twice in the whole entire lifespan of iOS. So a lot of people are really, really excited for that. And that's not even the end of the list. I could go on and on. Um, there's a new standby mode. They're adding additional mental health uh, features to the health app. They're adding a new journaling app. Uh, they're adding something that can measure screen distance. So make sure you're not damaging your eyes by holding your phone too close and a, a ton more stuff. It's going to be huge. And we're expecting it here this month with the announcement of the iPhone 15 and 15 pro. So very exciting. Um, and yeah, I know I'm going to be using most of these features. So check it out. Did you know that the average employee 
in America, in American businesses, uses 36 cloud-based services every day for their job, which is pretty impressive. And personally, I'm a fan of cloud-based uh, software as a service kind of situations because the um, one, they're easily budgetable into the um, performance, the the functionality of it is great for business. There is kind of a problem that comes with that though and that is they're only as secure as the username password and any two-factor authentication that is used for them um last i heard i'm not looking myself don't worry last i heard login credentials can fetch up to one hundred and forty thousand dollars on the dark web uh, because hackers once they have permissions once they have login credentials they can wreak all kinds of havoc and get things like bank account information and literally take money right out of your business bank account and terrible things like that um what do you do about it uh really the best answer for this is identity and access management uh identity and access management covers two bases that is the digital identity of the individual user uh the person using the computer and using um the software um digital identity being basically their username and password they use to log in and then also what that user and that digital identity can access and when which is probably the most important part uh you see with a IAM system in place. That's a digit. That's what I've been talking about. Identity and access management. IAM with IAM in place. Uh, man, that's a mouthful. I don't like that <laughs> with IAM in place. Uh, you can control when someone can access any particular service that might have very important business information in it uh, to the level where if they're not accessing it from a device that is trusted, then they don't have access. And that is probably the key factor right there. That's one of the strongest points to it. Uh, but two, the more passwords someone has to remember, the more likely they're going to use unsecure passwords. And so uh, identity management can enable you to use one username and one password across all of your services, which your employees will thank you for, uh, but also make things more secure because then you can say, all right, now you have to make sure you're using 12 characters with so many, some, we're going to, well, one day we'll get into what a good password looks like. Um, and then on top of that, the, the access management saying, uh, if you're not using this, these credentials on a trusted device, sorry, no luck, can't get in. Uh, if you're using a trusted device, but it hasn't passed an antivirus check or hasn't been updated in a while, sorry, you can't get in. Uh, so it adds that extra level of security. All of this helps to strengthen your data protection and um, believe it or not, actually makes regulatory compliance way easier because everything's logged. Um, what people can access and when they have access to it is documented and everything that is accessed uh, is auditable. So uh, if there is a regulatory compliance that you have to meet, uh, it's really, really easy to print some reports and say, boom, here we are. Uh, this is us meeting our compliance. Uh, this also really helps streamline provisioning. So imagine if your HR department had to provision uh, the entire digital identity of an employee, a new employee, just once with one username, one password, and just click check boxes for what services they have access to. Uh, rather than having to come up with and make new accounts for every single thing that employee needs to do their their job, uh, how much time they can save. Um, so that's that's really, really great there. And this is also a, a key factor in secure remote access, because if you don't have something dictating the digital identity of a remote user or 
making sure that the devices they're using are safe before they have access to important stuff from um, you know a long distance away using things like VPN or or, or SAS. Um, then it's that that could be a gaping hole in your security perimeter around your business, your digital perimeter. Um, so using something like IAM for uh, identity management and uh, access control uh, helps plug those holes and make sure that only the right people have access when they're uh, connecting remotely. When set up properly, this will add crucial security and ultimately save time. And we all know time is money. So It'll save you money as well. Um, it can be a little bit complicated to set up, but once it's set up, it's pretty easy to function every on the on the day to day. So definitely get a hold of an IT consultant. Consultant. Oh wow! Definitely get a hold of an IT consultant or your IT service provider, and uh, ask about identity management. Is your business in debt? No, no, I'm not I'm not talking about like money debt, financial debt. Is your business in technology debt? You see, technology debt is when technology in your business is not keeping up with your business. It's kind of like when there's a pile of unwashed dishes sitting in your sink and you think, ah, I'll just get to it later. And it just keeps growing and getting worse and starting to smell a little bit. Let's be real. Uh, technology debt kind of the same thing it's the result of outdated tech uh or inconsistencies in how that tech was set up and uh, how your environment has developed over time not following the same plan or uh, inefficient practices and using that technology those kinds of things um and it's typically the result of short-term decisions without long-term foresight Basically, this is going to solve a problem immediately, but there's no thinking about how it might plug into the bigger picture of how the business and the technology, business technology in the business runs long term and big picture. Uh, so the consequence is increased maintenance costs, boo. Boo. reduced speed and development, boo. double boo, and quality and reliability problems for both your users, your staff, and maybe any of your customers. Triple boo, that's a big problem. The answer, unfortunately, there is no one-size-fits-all magic pill that's going to solve tech debt. But first step, acknowledge it. Acknowledge that you need to move into the 21st century. I know, it's a hard pill to swallow. Uh, but then start taking on small improvements first. See, you don't want to immediately wipe the slate clean and start incorporating, oh, we're cloud first, which cloud isn't always the answer, by the way. Uh, we're moving everything to the cloud and we're going to use all these new technologies and spend all this money. Uh, you could be doing the exact same thing that got you into technical debt in the first place. So definitely focus on small things, small improvements. A thousand one percent improvements will improve everything a thousand percent. If you're having trouble identifying where you can improve or how to improve, get a hold of an IT consultant or your local IT service provider, and they'll get you set it set up in the right direction. Uh, and just like financial debt, with a little bit of hard work and focus and concentration and planning for the future, you can escape technical debt and uh, be well on your way to outperforming everyone else in your industry. Next week, we'll talk about VPNs and if you really need them. 
tips and tech for professional presentations, and we're going to shine a little light on the horror stories of ransomware so you don't have to be so afraid of it. If you have any questions about what you heard in today's episode, or if you have questions you'd like answered in a future episode, please feel free to reach out by emailing questions at soultech.solutions. And until then, thank you for listening. And no, that's not a bug. It's a feature. This is Patrick, logging out.